I'm a covenant man. Living in the riches of my Lord and King, I'm a covenant man. Committed to Him in everything I do. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan Weeder. Um, and today I'm going to be uh, ministering to you from the book of Acts again. You know, uh, God's, God's been showing me wonderful things from the book of Acts and, and how we're supposed to be acting. And, and, what, and what he wants to see from us, from his children, as his represent, representatives here on earth. So today, um, uh, uh, last time I kind of spoke on, on boldness and how we should be bold. Um, today... It's, it's more about signs and wonders and how we should be walking in power and authority. And uh, I want to start in Acts chapter 3, very much like I did last time. And it's Peter and John going into the temple, um, and they meet the man at the beautiful gate. And it's uh, here in verse 2, says, And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go to the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something on them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I give thee, um, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankles, uh, his feet and ankle bones received strength. And leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And it goes on to talk about how all the people in the temple saw this man, and they knew this man. They knew this man was the person who was sitting out begging in front of the beautiful gate. And this was a ministering tool. This is how we're supposed to do be. We're supposed to be walking through, healing people, healing them, lifting them up. These these people that can't even walk. Someone rolls up to you in a wheelchair and asks for prayer. We shouldn't be sitting there going, I, I, I don't know. You know, let me let me ask God, see if it's His will. If it be Thy will, Lord, heal this man. No, Peter prayed for this man saying, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That's all he said, that's all he prayed, and it was done. He grabbed the man, yanked him up. Imagine, imagine, imagine having the confidence, the faith, and believing to pray for a person in a wheelchair, saying, in the name of Jesus, walk, and grabbing them by the shirt, yanking them out of that wheelchair. I mean, this just doesn't happen anymore. And it's it's not good. This is the way we should be. And so many Christians just don't do it anymore. And then just a couple chapters later, in Acts chapter 8, talking about Philip, it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. 
to whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the greatest power of God. And to him they had regard, because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now, this is an amazing thing, because Philip went into this town, this town whose, whose big guy on the block was a witch, was a sorcerer. He went into this town, started preaching God, started, started doing works and miracles through the power of Jesus, and he turned that town, he turned that city on its head. That city was completely turned around. The city was filled with great joy. The people of this city saw what Philip was preaching, being put to work. He wasn't just some, some philosopher walking through the town saying, this is the way you should live, and then moving on without putting it to the test. He walked in, preached to these people a certain thing, and then acted on it, and healed people, delivered people of unclean spirits. And it was so compelling, and it was such a ministry tool that even the sorcerer, even this witch, the big guy on the block, believed on what Philip was preaching. And that's what this is. You know, the Bible says that we're to preach with works following. And this is an example of it. This is that very verse being put into action. Philip going in, preaching Christ. I want to emphasize that. He wasn't preaching some religious traditions. I mean, it was the early church. They didn't have religious traditions, but you shouldn't be preaching religious traditions. Preach Christ. Preach the Bible. He went through the town preaching to these people Christ and healing them, delivering them. You know, I actually, along the lines of delivering, so many people put so much emphasis on, on demonic influences and, and setting people free. You know, I mean, it seems like such a, a big spooky thing to so many Christians, and really it's not. I mean, it's one of the most basic things. In fact, Jesus sent his disciples out to deliver these demons. I mean, it was, it was one of the first things that he sent his disciples out to do, to heal and deliver. And it's one of the things that Philip, Philip is doing here. I mean, it's just such a foundational part of the church. It's not some big spooky thing. It's just a core part of who we are as a church. Jesus was a deliverer. He broke yokes. He destroyed bondage. We're his representatives. We should be doing the exact same thing. And it's not some big, big thing. It's like, oh man, I don't know if, I mean, should we, I mean, do we, can we really cast this demon out? I mean, he's doing some spooky things over there. I mean, his head's spinning around. He's foaming at the mouth. So what? So what? We have Jesus. We have the Lord God Almighty living on the inside of you. Looking over at a demon who all he can... By the way, all a demon can do is physical, just spooky things. They don't have any actual power. Just say, demon, get out. That's all there is to it. I remember there was a testimony. I was, I was listening to... Uh, this is a preacher talking about uh, one specific minister who was very well known for casting, uh, casting demons out. And uh, this particular minister received a call. 
He picked up the phone, just like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, I'll be there in a little bit. Click. He turned to this guy and said, I just got a call to go cast out a demon. If only they knew how simple this was, a child could do it. Because it's true, a child can do it. It's not some big, bad, scary thing. All it is, is the devil who is beneath our feet, trying to cause a commotion, trying to hurt somebody. And we have authority over that. The Bible says in Luke uh, 10.19, I believe it is, that we have been given power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. We have that authority. And that leads me to my next point about healing. All right, I just wanted to get that, that the demonic possession because it's not some big bad thing, but healing. There are so many, there are so many Christians that are scared to pray over people because what if they don't get healed? And in fact, I was, I myself was hesitant to pray over people because I'm thinking, but man, what if, what if they don't get healed though? Like what if I lay hands on them, pray for them and they just stay in the wheelchair? What if, what if, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if, what if they don't receive Jesus? God did not call you to be the one to make them believe. They have their own free will. They'll believe in the word if they want to. If they believe the word, that's up to them. All you are called to do is minister to them. And that's something that God has had to work with me. But that is part of what we're supposed to do. I mean, just looking, just like, if you just read through the entire book of Acts, I'm, I'm almost, I've almost read through the entire thing. And all you see is just, this, this, this apostle went and prayed for someone and they got healed. This apostle went and delivered this person. This apostle went and preached. This apostle went and prayed. This apostle went and delivered. It's just the same things over and over and over. And this is what we did when we were first the church. And somehow we lost that. We are supposed to go forth, as I said in my, my, my previous teaching, with boldness and heal people. Think about if Jesus, what would, what, where would we be as a church today if Jesus just went around preaching to people and there was no physical proof? He just went forth saying, God wants you healed and yet never healed anybody. Went forth saying, God wants you delivered and not once was there any deliverance in his ministry. God wants you at peace. And all around him were people in strife and anxiety and fear. These works, these miracles, these healings and deliverances, they're not, they're not some big show of, look how powerful I am. What this is, is just walking out what you teach. What if, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just, <sighs> so many Christians will say that they believe something. You, you, walk, you can walk up to a lot of people, a lot of Christians and say, does God want you healed? Well, of course God wants you healed. Then pray for me. Um, what? what? <laughs> you said God wants me healed. Pray for my healing. And you'll get a lot of that from like brand new believers, especially I've, I've discovered um, as I've begun to pray for more people. There are a bunch of just new believers. They don't know how to pray and believe for themselves quite yet. 
and there, and there, in fact, I can preach on that a little bit further. And this chapter is actually about discipleship, but that's not what the, today is about. These these brand new Christians, they need someone to help believe for them. They need someone to to stand with. They need some support. You know, a little a little baby just learning to walk. They can't just walk by themselves right off the bat. You know, they have they 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 have these little walking contraptions. You set them in this little like bungee swing looking thing and they practice walking with some support you know you hold them you hold their hands up as they learn to walk you know they need some help they need some support and that's what you are there for don't chicken out because you're scared if you truly believe it you'll walk it out you will pray for people and they will be healed and yet the church has had so much issue with it I I'm just, I'm just so, I'm just so filled, and I, I, I want to say so much that I have to. Every once in a while, I have to stop myself, get myself back on track, so I don't just start ranting about anything and everything. But live like Philip. Go into a town, your hometown. You can go down to the local Walmart. You don't have to go all the way over to Israel. You don't have to go over to to Africa, into the jungles of South America. He just went into the next town over. He went to the next town over, and the only reason he went to the next town over was because, you know, his hometown, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on there that you, you can read through and find out for yourself. But he just went to the next town over and just started preaching. I mean, it, it, it literally says that he just went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. He didn't go around putting up posters Trying to get enough people is like, listen, I, I rented out this building. If we don't get 100 people RSVP to this event, we won't be able to have it. No, he went and preached. Stand on the, the corner of Walmart. Stand by the front door and just start preaching to people. And that's what we're supposed to do. Go into the town, preach, heal, deliver. Turn that town on its head. And that is who we are supposed to be. That's what we're supposed to do. So why aren't we doing it? I, I actually, um, I heard, I heard about um, there was a, a minister. Um, as as soon as, so here in the the book of Acts is about the Acts of the early church um, and the persecution they went through uh, under the different Roman emperors, especially, and it, it got pretty bad. Um, and then, I believe it was Emperor Just, Justinian? No. Constantine. I believe it was Emperor Constantine. He made Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire. First of all, when was the last time Christianity was officially declared the official religion of, of any country? Like, they came out. The, like, imagine it. If the president came out tomorrow and, say, and said, I am making a declaration that Christianity is the official religion of the United States of America, no ifs, ands, or buts, done. Like, imagine how significant that would be. And that was, that was the power and influence that the early church had through Jesus Christ. That's the power and influence we should have. And so he came out and he made this declaration that Christianity was the official religion. And um, 
the the uh, ooh, the Cardinal of Rome, I believe, was his title. Who eventually became the Pope. Somebody asked him. They said, well, how, "How does this change? How does this tra- change Christianity? How does this change the Church?" And he says, "Well, we can no longer say like Peter and John did: gold and silver have I not." And he said, "However, we can no longer say like Peter and John did: rise up and walk." And you can say that that was just him being that was him losing faith in himself, but. It really does seem that after, after you know, they could just kind of do whatever, after there was no real pressure to stick by what you believed, people started adopting religious traditions. People started adopting, it's like, oh, well, God doesn't, God doesn't want you healed all the time. But he does. The Bible says Jesus went, uh, went about healing all that were oppressed. God wants every single one of them healed. All we have to do is believe what the Word says. That's all we have to do is believe what the Word says. And, I mean, there is evidence of what happens when you act upon that. There is evidence of what happens when all you do is believe. You don't have to do anything other than believe. So I encourage you, believe. It's not that hard. And you have a blessed day.